Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Encyclopedias A through E, an amazing, beautiful, constructive, demonstrational education. Hey, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report on Tuesday the 19th of October 2021. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Gabby Bolt. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello, hello. We're all in the same room for the first time in about... Three months. Three months, is it? No. Yes. yes. And yes. Look, big thanks to Premier Perrottet for yep. his haste mm. and foolhardiness <laughs> in letting us all come back to the office so early and infect each other. Actually, I've been meaning to say... <coughs> Great. Great. Yeah, good one. I've picked up a bit of a cough in the last few days. Um, I think there's something going around at the moment. (laughs) But we we don't have to wear masks indoors anymore, so... (laughs) We're all... We're all going to get COVID. We might as well get it over with. It's inevitable (laughs) now. It's going to happen. On today's show, though, massive news, because it sounds as though, get this, Australia might actually have a climate policy of net zero by 2050. We're not sure at the time of recording this. Uh, the PM wants it. Barnaby doesn't seem to want it. It's not clear what's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I have some very funny jokes about this, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to be rushed into making them. Right. Okay. Tom. So, um, you know, I'll, I will get back to you it's at some point in the next eight years. Look, I was only given four hours notice about uh, making jokes about this. Okay. Are you so, ready to commit to a 2030 target for the jokes? I'm not. Or are you going to wait till 2050? Look, I, I just don't want to be rushed, okay? Just don't, don't ask me any questions. How many billions of dollars for subsidising, I don't know, fossil fuels do you mm. want in order to make the jokes and release your, your position. Oh, well, that's very easy. Uh, at least $10 billion for the first year. And then, um, well, my mate Angus can uh, can outline the whole details. Right. Have we hit a situation where your negotiating stance in this conversation mm. is a clever parody of the Australian government? Is that what's going on here? I'm not going to be rushed on, on that, Dom. I'm, I'm not going to answer that. But Glasgow is coming up so soon. It's imminent. Mm. Scott Morrison wants to be able to go. The Queen herself said that he had to do something. Dom, you're just rushing me. I feel like I'm being pressured into coming to a decision. But your job, yes. for which you are paid, yes. is to come to this table yes. with material, with jokes, with things to do. You're not actually meant to just sit there and do nothing Stop for decades. Stop rushing me, Dom. I think I understand why we haven't done anything in the decades <laughs> since we've known about this whole climate change thing. Should we go back to the COVID jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stick with what you know. That's the government's real real stickler, isn't it? On today's show, Alexa has some interesting new information about a certain big moment in the history of Indonesia. And Lachlan has been wheeling and dealing and he's got something involving a thing called milk tea. Ooh, really? That is also a metaphor for the Australian climate plot. No, it's not. But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Dayanamino in the Chaser Newsroom straight after this message. Gabby, is yesterday's tension with Beck resolved now? She hasn't reached out to me about the cheese. But then it's not her fault that she got the expensive cheese. It's Charles's. It's always Charles's My beef has always been with Charles, not with Beck. Expensive beef too. I just want Beck to tell me how I get the expensive cheese. Like you, beef. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Scott Morrison has begun preparations to embarrass Australia at the Climate Summit in Glasgow next month. Mr Morrison told reporters he is excited to show the world Australia's climate policy just as soon as Barnaby Joyce makes one up for him. Meanwhile, voters who have been waiting eight years for the government to come up with a climate policy are beginning to suspect that Barnaby Joyce might not be being completely upfront about his reason for delaying the plan. The Deputy Prime Minister said he didn't want to rush the issue and would get to it as soon as the party room had come to a position on whether they should adopt the metric system. Premier of New South Wales, Dominic Perrottet, has reaffirmed his commitment to having the most diverse cabinet of rich, straight white men possible. Announcing changes to his front bench, he said his cabinet would have a diverse range of real-world experience from across Sydney's private clubs, yacht races and old boys' networks. That's the latest Chaser news you can't trust. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Encyclopedias F through K. For goodness hides in juxtapositional knowledge. That made sense, didn't it? Uh, Well, it's a bit of a wanky sentence, but it's a sentence. So now it's time for a new segment called Historical Revisionism with our very own Alexa Vulovich. How are you going? Hey, doing good. This is going to be such an exciting segment. It's going to be fun. We're going to have laughs. Um, this one is about the Indonesian genocide um, 56 years ago. It started this oh. week. Are you guys excited? It's perfect. Ooh. It's grist for the mill in comedy <laughs> podcast land. I, I heard Hamish and Andy were doing a segment mm. about the Indonesian genocide. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Remembering Project. About genocides, that's right. Yeah, um, topical heartwarming. I think yeah. I'm cancelling the podcast that I'm in. Does that make sense? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't want Hamish and Andy to realise we're completely lifting their content, but um, <laughs> maybe edit that bit out. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, essentially there was a recent trove of secret documents released on the weekend about this genocide in Indonesia, but... I want to run through the context first before we get into the documents. So it's it's um it's generally not talked about. Um, I looked up on the World History Project website for the year of 1965. Um, it includes the fact that Kellogg's Apple Jack cereal first appears, but it fails to mention that you know over a million people were killed in Indonesia by the military. It's just a really good cereal. <laughs> Here we go. The leader of Indonesia at the time, Sukarno, um, he was really rubbing us the wrong way. Um, <laughs> I think he, he had this coalition between nationalists and religious people and communists, and he was trying to cover all the kind of popular groups in Indonesia, but that scared the crap out of us in the West because, you know, we don't like communists. But of course, presumably, Alex, uh, what we did in the West was respect the will of the Indonesian people to determine their own future in free and fair elections, because those are our values, aren't they? Well, I mean, that, that's what I thought, but this was, this was a, bit of a, a bit of a shocking one. It, it, it was, it was the only occasion in world history that we didn't live up to those values <laughs> and um, terrifying events ensued. Yeah. To be fair, before the horrible massacres, there were a lot of more entertaining ways that CIA tried to get rid of Sukarno. I mean, they did the classic kind of election rigging and they trained rebels and did stuff, but there was one plot which was really, really cool. So you can say what you want about Sukarno, but one thing about him is that he's like really good at rooting He's just... A, like, ha- having sex? Yeah, yeah. He's like a massive horn dog. He just fucked, like, really? constantly. Yeah. Um, he's like the ultimate polyamorous <laughs> leftist fuckboy. Um, and it was kind History of... History just got interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo! I'm happy. You know what? Good for him. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess different world powers try to use this his sexual proclivities to, to blackmail him. 
So um, the Soviets had a go at it first. They filmed an orgy with him and a group of Russian flight attendants. But apparently when they confronted him and they're like, oh, we've got this video of you. Apparently he was just super <laughs> delighted and he wanted extra copies for himself. <laughs> One of his greatest memories. Yeah, he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I can start my OnlyFans now, guys. So he was he was sort of like a Barnaby Joyce character, was he? Of, of, you know, just had no shame. Yeah, no shame. But also he was actually hot. Barnaby Joyce was, well, I don't know. I don't I'm going to Google a photo of this man. <laughs> What's his name again? Sukarno, S-U-K-A-R-N-O. D-I-C-K-P-I-C <laughs> is what you want to search. I've got a shirtless photo of him here and he is down to party. But um, yeah, the CIA tried to do the same thing. They, they didn't actually have a sex tape of him and they tried to recreate it. I, I, we, I'd love to be the CIA officer going, now we don't have a sex tape, but uh, <laughs> could we just arrange an orgy anyway and uh, <laughs> pretend? For totally work yeah, reasons. Yeah, this is for work <laughs> Can claim it back on tax. I'm fascinated by this and I'm, I'm Googling this and I'm discovering that when he visited Copenhagen... I hope you're in incognito mode. They organised a brothel with 20 women. And apparently it was just completely true. So there you go. Yeah. Party president. The, the the porno was pretty insane as well because they didn't... They, they first just looked for porn that could pass as the Indonesian president. And the chief of police in, the, in LA was kind of supplying these porno films to the CIA and apparently they couldn't <laughs> find anyone that looked like Sicano. There was no diversity in porn in the 60s. So they decided to film one themselves and they actually made a full-faced Sicano mask. Get out. And put it on a porn actor. But um, Seriously? Like like sort of face-off type? Except not quite as sexy. But, <laughs> <laughs> they... Um, but, you know, all these are failed attempts and then suddenly, after all these comical failed attempts, a military coup happens, which is actually quite quite <laughs> awful. Um, oh. Overnight, like, all the progressive parties in Indonesia kind of disappeared and every politically active feminist, communist, trade unionist was just brutalised, massacred. They just, they disappeared. Oh, it was horrible. Um, this whole process became just, like, super popular with the CIA, like having a military violently overthrow and leftist government... It was kind of used all around the world from Guatemala to Chile. But all these revelations came out on the weekend that kind of complicate that story because it came from the British National Archives. And apparently the British were super involved, like almost potentially more involved than the CIA. They were um, printing millions of pamphlets purporting to be written by Indonesian patriots, but were actually written by MI6. And they were like, kill all the communists. Let's do it, guys. Let's kill them all. Um, do you and think it was like, like a last-ditch effort to become a global superpower after America sort of took over? I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> they, yeah. they need to flex their muscles. Uh, like they, they did crazy stuff. Like they, um, they started publishing all these like wild, I guess, fake news stories. There was one about like how a hundred feminists had come out and captured one of the Indonesian generals and used razor blades to cut his dick off. And this was like Vibe. written by the British, and it was like a super successful story because I guess, <laughs> r- r- I don't know, right-wing Did- types probably hate the idea of <laughs> hundreds of crazy feminists cutting your balls off. Girl boss. Yeah. So they sort of pioneered social media posts before yeah. social media even existed. <laughs> exactly. How extraordinary. This was like early 1960s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, or like 1965. So jo- John Lacare, I'm pretty sure, was still working there at the, that time in MI6 because he was the guy who wrote all the background stories during the Second World War for all their double agents so that they could sort of keep track of, you know, all the lies and deceptions that they're telling Germany. 
Mm. And so it, it would have been that. They would have had a whole lot of disused writers and novelists <laughs> sitting around. They go, okay, well, I don't know, try your hand at writing some Indonesian. Do you know, do you know what I like the idea of? Cause like, perfect I mean, career progression. Yeah, the British are also so infamous for having some of the world's best and most beloved authors. Can you imagine if like mm. Roald Dahl was just getting his chops up? Yes. You know, like, oh, before I write children's mm. books, you know what I'm going to waste some time on? Fake news. It's just crazy because I always thought the British were kind of just snooty, elitist, but generally lo- useless when it came to international affairs. You know, I thought most of the heavy work was done by the CIA. Mm. But this is, this is amazing. They're really showing their chops. They're really successful mass murderers. It makes me so nostalgic for the world where Britain were evil and interfering all around the planet as well as America. It's uh, they, they can't even get trucks into their country with food these days, but back in the 60s, they used to be shits on a world's They used world's to be scale. contenders, yeah. I think you guys are shutting yourself off to the possibility that they could bring it back. All they need to do to get fuel back in the country is just start spreading some orgy stories. They'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> this is probably exactly why they released it post-Brexit when everything's fucking up. They're like, well, once upon a time. <laughs> we were good. <laughs> once upon a time, we had our shit together, guys. Thanks, Alex. So you give me a new goal in life. I now want to be um, so annoying to a government that they... Fake a story about me getting my dick cut off. That's a real yardstick, isn't it? No, I just want them to construct an orgy in my honour. That, that would be great. <laughs> uh, I've got some Charles Firth masks if, uh, no. if anyone in ASIO <laughs> no. needs one. No one needs – no one. I'm telling you now, no one needs that mask for any purpose. It would be a bit of a mood killer in I an orgy, it, wouldn't I it? I think it would be. <laughs> Look, it's five Charleses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Encyclopedias L through P, leading most number of people... Oh, um, shit, I ran out of letters. Uh, leading most number of people... Lachlan joins us on his quest to become the most sponsored podcast host. Hey, Lachlan. Hey, everyone. How are we? Sponsorship project continues another week. Sponsor number three is here, baby. You guys excited? Sure. Oh, it's amazing. What's the opposite of an avalanche? A trickle. A trickle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very glad. The trickle of sponsors is continuing, Lachie. That's wonderful. The sponsors will love to hear that. (laughs) This one's quite a special one because it's not just a sponsor. It's actually also a fan of the show. As you know, I've been putting my phone number, 0493216763, out for the sponsors to, to get in touch. And can I just say, I've gotten all sorts of lovely texts, Charles. That was a it was a real stroke of genius mm. right there. Thank you so much for giving me that not at all regrettable idea. How many dick pics? <laughs> um, oh, no, please don't even give them that idea. So if you wish to send an unsolicited picture of your genitals, what's the number, Lachlan? No, no. Go on, Lachlan. 0493216763. 
And look, Go aside nuts, from all of the lovely photos that I've been sent uh, and people wanting to send me their underwear, uh, there are a few legitimate sponsor offers that I've received. So I'm proud to announce our third official sponsor is Nine Char Milk Tea, Australia's only real milk tea on the market. That sounds very weird. What the hell is milk tea? I've got... One here, uh, the, the lovely gentleman who texted Sean offered two crates of uh, milk tea. Oh, it's in the it's in the we, lobby. We, we, there's a box of it. Do in, you want me to go get in it in the corridor? Should we go and get it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why not? Oh, go I'll and have a sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. So Gabby's just leaving to get the box of milk tea. I didn't know what it was. There was just a box at the front door. Can I just note that when Charles says milk tea is weird, he is ignoring the great love of milk tea that is uh, common across East Asia. And oh, just, just right. remember that thought at the end of the episode <laughs> when Charles gets, uh, when there's a revelation about Charles's past. So it's tea flavoured milk, in fact. Rather than being tea with milk in it, it is tea flavoured milk. Oh, so is this like a chai? No. Well, char is Chinese, chai is Indian, but yeah, same same word. So yeah, Sean, the guy who sent the text, mentioned that the company, just like this podcast, actually started during COVID. Oh. And as a special offer to everyone who's been doing it tough during lockdown, wants to offer our, our fans a 25% discount on their online store. So if you go to 9char.com.au and use the code 9chaser, uh, you can get 25% off. So that's a fun first for this project. Oh, I see what he did there. Yeah. Nine Char, Nine Chaser, yeah. And that's the that's okay. spelt out nine, by the way, not the number. So yes. I'm going to try the original flavoured, which is the blue one. Yes, that's the one it's I've just, got here and in my little baggie. Form. Oh, okay, great. Is it any good? It says serve chilled, Charles. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, cool. It's all right. Yeah. So here's the issue, guys. Obviously, I haven't been in the office to claim my milk tea prizes in person. And um, mm. Sean mentioned that you can actually buy these products in the Woolies stores. And I didn't want to plug a product that I hadn't sampled myself because that would be lying and my mum would get upset. So yes. I um, I went to Woolies and... You I- bought one? Look, you, you don't understand how this works. The notion is not to go and buy the things that we get for free. No, I didn't buy one. I bought two. Dozen. Oh, Lachlan, when will you learn how to scab shit? <laughs> so basically, yeah, I spent money on a free sponsor, which means that my current net gain for me individually with this sponsorship project is currently uh, at, a, at a loss of profits. Yeah. Sounds yeah, right. I guess the other thing is there's no way you're getting any of this milk tea. We're just going to drink it. Yeah, so. we're just going to drink it now. It's very sweet and is yet. what I would say. And yet, Lachlan, it is your pay for, for this week. Um, so, Sean left his business card, though. Ooh. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, a huge thanks to Sean for getting in touch. Thanks for listening to the show. Look, even though I'm not making any money or, or getting paid in any milk tea, it's all about the friends you make along the way. And the dick pics that they send you. <laughs> Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Encyclopedia's Q through V. Quails respond significantly towards UV? Does that even count? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm here with an exclusive interview for The Chaser Report with Barnaby Joyce. So, what is it you do, Barnaby? Well, uh, we're the National Party and, and we care about regional and rural Australia, you know, farmers and... and uh, Dirt and stuff. Uh, mm. uh, do you want a glass of water? Oh, um, yeah, sure. Okay, that'll uh, that'll be eighty million dollars, please. What? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's, it's for, for the farmers, though. Oh, okay, it's for the farmers. Here you go. Okay, thanks. Jeez, oh, come on. You just put that in your pocket, and this glass is empty. So, uh, what what else do you want to know? <laughs> I guess I'll just forget all about that. Um, what is your policy on the climate? Ah, oh, you, you can't just spring this on me. What do you mean, spring it on you? This has been an issue since the 90s. Your own party has had eight years to come up with something. Well, I only found out about it four hours ago. You represent the farmers, right? Oh, I like to think so. Name one. Oh, oh come on. That's unfair. I, I wear rivers straight cut jeans to Parliament. Mm. I, I have an Akubra oh. and, and I'm always drunk. I'm pretty sure that's farmer-like. Yeah, but farmers want action on climate change. I, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a look through my phone so you can see all my farmer friends. See? See? Yeah, Gina Reinhardt, Clive Palmer, Angus Taylor, Mike Worth, Barnaby. These are all just mining fans and fossil fuel execs. Yeah, yeah, miners uh, are the farmers of the ground. Miners aren't Farmers, Barnaby. They harvest the rocks. No, it it doesn't work like that. What's a pretty thing like you worrying yourself about a serious thing like climate anyway? I mean, you want a job? Maybe maybe a kid? What? Oh, no. Ah, oh, never mind. I've, I've got to go and kill a couple of celebrity dogs. See ya. Barnaby Joyce, thanks for your time. The Chaser Report. Less news, more often. Just before we go, there's something I've got to raise. Um, big story in the news yesterday. A woman won a $1.5 million literary prize in Spain, but it turned out it was actually three men. So three men got up on the stage and it turned out they'd created this entire persona called Carmen Mola and created a backstory for her and all that and it was just actually men like usual. So the judges presumably thought, we're giving this prize to a woman, we're going to, you know, Ferment change in the literary scene, but no, not one, but three guys got up and accepted the prize. <sighs> but Dom, I don't think you should be cancelling anyone for, for doing something like that. I, I think that I think that's just a harmless prank. Right. You know, perhaps take a little bit too far, but it, no consequences should should now, come from, from anything like this. Gabby Bolt, yeah. you watched the uni documentary. Yeah, spoken like a true all-male comedy troupe in the early thousands. <laughs> well, I must say a number of people in The Chaser, including me, including Craig, <laughs> noticed a certain parallel between this incident and a certain... Charles Firth and Andrew Hansen entry no. for a prize at Sydney no. University. Did you win that? 
Do you remember? I remember you entering it last yeah. minute. I don't remember you winning it. It wasn't just a fake woman. It was a fake woman of colour, <laughs> Charles. Oh, my. It, You're the worst. We, we No, we entered the competition. It was like a $5,000 prize. Oh, yeah, because money is the thing that you need more of. We uh, were poor uni students. We thought, eye I, on the prize. I'm still... And a- you had to submit it under a non-diplume. So we just created the... Like, it wasn't like our choice. It was to ensure that... The there was no corruption in the process. So you had to have an anonymised name and we just chose the name Susan Tang. I feel like there are so many things that the cops could listen to this podcast and arrest you for. What is it with white men thinking that they can just do... Like, it's like, oh, well, you could cheat the system if you want. I just did what anyone would have done. Gabby, let me mansplain to you the 1990s. It was a different era back then. We didn't know better. It's nothing Scarlett Johansson didn't do on screen about two or three years ago. (laughs) I don't think it's that you didn't know better. I think it's just nobody listened to the people who raised it. I feel like there would have been people around at the time. Shut up, Gabby. We've heard enough from you. Yeah, fair enough. I'll just recluse back into my cage where I live in the chaser offices <laughs> for the woman it. in the building. When this came out in the uni documentary, mm. did anyone <laughs> raise the issue? Did anyone say, Charles, I actually think that was really inappropriate for you to adopt the persona of a woman of colour? Well, look, uh, I, look, I think <laughs> there was a lot of tutting. Like, there was a lot of people who thought that it was... Did you win the prize? We didn't, but we did get Thank shortlisted. There, there was a moment That's where upsetting. there was the, one of the committee thought that we should win the prize. So I guess the happy ending is that you weren't successful enough to be cancelled. <laughs> Our gear is from Rode Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. And full legal responsibility for this episode is taken by Susan Sang. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, by Gabby. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Encyclopedias W through Z. When... Xylophones. You know, you know what? I'm done. The joke was old about four sponsors ago. 